Human rights are women's rights. Change the world. <laughs> This is your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, and as I am recording this, the largest exercise in democracy in the history of humanity is underway in India. Like most elections, foreign policy is not necessarily the top priority of most Indians as they go to the polls, but this is still an important inflection point to take a look at Indian foreign policy, particularly as most polls indicate that the ruling Congress party will cede power to the BJP. Here to discuss the foreign policy implications of this election is Tanvi Madan of the Brookings Institute. We discuss how Narendra Modi, the presumptive next prime minister of India, might change India's relationship with its neighbors, particularly Pakistan and China. We discuss his complicated relationship with the United States and uh, his equally complicated and fractious relationship with Indian Muslims. Remember, download Global Dispatch's podcast on iTunes. Check us out on UN Dispatch. And here it is, my conversation with Tanvi Madan. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. I'm reading. It looks as if Narendra Modi uh, is going to sort of cruise to victory uh, in the elections. Is that your assessment as well? Do you think it's all but certain that he'll win? Uh, that's what the polls are showing uh, in India. The polls have historically uh, not got it right, but people have a sense that whether it's a Modi wave or an anti-Congress wave, uh, that they are seeing they are seeing enough in the numbers in the turnout. Uh, that would suggest that Modi will win. What um, we don't know is how many seats he will get, since it's a parliamentary system that will actually uh, make a difference, not just in terms of who he will have to look for in terms of coalition partners, but potentially what mandate uh, he'll get and how much flexibility he'll have uh, in terms of policy making. Uh, so who is Narendra Modi? What, what are the best ways to understand where he comes from and, and what his priorities are? Uh, Narendra Modi is uh, the chief minister of uh, one of India's largest states, uh, it's the western state of Gujarat, um, chief minister being the equivalent of a governor in the U.S. Um, he is somebody who elicits both hope and concern in India and abroad as well. Uh, hope in the sense that he, under his leadership, uh, Gujarat, which has al always been kind of ahead of the curve in India in terms of economic uh, growth, um, has done very well. So his economic management is praised. Uh, Gujarat, the growth rates have been close to 10% uh, under his uh, leadership. 
Uh, and there are questions about, you know, whether he can translate that at the national stage, etc. But his economic management uh, at a time when I'd say the three kind of priorities for uh, the Indian populace, which would be growth, governance, and just getting it done, uh, are priorities. At a time like this, his economic management and leadership is considered to be, and his ability to actually get things through, to get implementation done, are considered uh, uh, a big pluses and, and uh, a source of much hope that there will be decisiveness uh, again in the Indian uh, national polity. The concern is um, due to kind of the, his actions or perhaps you can say lack of action uh, during uh, and after uh, riots that took place uh, in uh, Gujarat um, when he was chief minister, when he had just become chief minister in 2002. Uh, some have accused him uh, of being complicit. Others have said uh, it was a sin of omission. And yet his supporters say that he was not involved uh, in any way in these riots. Uh, he has uh, not apologized for them and said he would not. Uh, he has expressed regret for this happening under his watch, but not taken uh, any responsibility uh, for the, the riots themselves. And so in some and these ways... Were, just just to be clear, these were sectarian sure. riots, right? These were riots these were in riots. which sort of uh, Muslims were largely targeted, and, and he, being a Hindu nationalist, is accused of not doing enough to you know, uh, stop you know, Muslim, the Muslim minority population from being attacked and, and killed. And how many people were killed in these riots? About a thousand people were killed. I think just over a thousand. Uh, I so think really about uh, pretty, seven, pretty somewhere big lot between. Riots, yeah. uh, yes, 750 to 800 of those were uh, were Muslim. Uh, any, I think somewhere between 200 and 300 uh, were were Hindu. Um, and so these are um, these took place uh, 12 years ago. Um, he has uh, noted that uh, and has tried in the election campaign to say that he will be the um, uh, the prime minister, if he becomes one of all Indians, uh, and try to emphasize that. He's tried to move away from that uh, legacy. Uh, however, detractors have also pointed out uh, that at the other times he or his uh, others campaigning for him have essentially sent out messages uh, either by having uh, uh, Hindu gods in the backdrop or sending out messages uh, in campaign messages that kind of move away from his message of unity. Um, Having said that, he has not run on um, a Hindu nationalist uh, platform broadly. What he personally has been campaigning on uh, is uh, the D word, development. Um, a magazine in India did a survey of some of his speeches, and they noticed that he barely mentioned the word Hindu. The word mentioned over and over again was development. And so if he does come to power, the mandate that he will have uh, from the Indian uh, uh, electorate will will be one, and, and primarily, and some some would say solely, on getting the economy back on track uh, and getting good governance in place and uh, getting things done, rather like than India's, any of these other issues. India's version of compassionate conservatism. Uh, you could say that. Uh, I would. I would use. Uh, you could say that. You could also use the phrase "it's the economy, stupid." Um, and so I think there. And this really has, since you mentioned it, it's been. Uh, more presidential of an election than, than India has seen for the, for the last couple of decades at least. Uh, and it, and it, there has been some, uh, some discussion of issues. Uh, these days, if you tune in, 
uh, to the campaign, it seems that it's turned into from uh, an election or a campaign on issues uh, to an election campaign on insults. Uh, but that's perhaps uh, uh, more product of the elections being, being as long as they are. Um, so assuming he does win, uh, how, I guess, might that affect India's foreign policy, specifically um, its policies towards Pakistan? You know, it seems that over the last few years there's been a somewhat easing of tensions, and I, I wonder if you uh, agree if that's true. Uh, but at least from where I sit, there seems to have have been some sort of detente. Things seem to be getting marginally better between the two countries. How might uh, Modi's um, ascent to power affect that process, if, if at all? Sure. Um, the Overall, you're likely to see certain factors in India, structural factors, bureaucratic factors, ensure that there will be a fair amount of continuity in Indian foreign policy, including with Pakistan. Uh, Modi himself and the, the BJP um, have said that they will be stronger on national security issues, especially vis-a-vis -vis China and Pakistan, though, as in as the case in, in most campaigns around the world, they have not talked about specifically how they would be different from the current Indian government. The current Indian government has, especially on Prime Minister Manmohan Singh's initiative, um, has uh, emphasized trying to get beyond conflict with Pakistan, talked about bilateral trade, which is currently the, 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 the talks are a bit stuck. Uh, but the fact that they have been talking about these issues, uh, especially with the, the civilian government uh, in place, there is an understanding amongst both the Congress Party-led government and uh, um, uh, there will be a, in a BJP-led one, if that's what uh, we get, that uh, there is not necessarily just one center of power in Pakistan, though. And so there are concerns uh, amongst not just uh, uh, the BJP, but across the board uh, of what will come in the future on the security front. And that will likely determine what kind of foreign policy towards Pakistan Modi or any new government um, will follow. Specifically on him and his reaction to Pakistan, uh, he has uh, uh, been quite clear in the interviews he has given um, that he would like to see a better relationship with Pakistan. However, he says that before that happens, uh, there will have to be a, a closing of the trust deficit. And what he has outlined that that will take is for Pakistan to be more responsive to Indian concerns about uh, terrorism emanating uh, from Pakistan. Uh, now, he has not specified what that means specifically, but one of the things that we'd have to watch for is, uh, is any action taken. And on the negative side, if there is a terrorist attack uh, within the first six months of a Modi government, uh, will such a government that has in cam the campaign been fairly vociferous about this issue feel pressure to take action if there is a sense that this attack in any way emanated uh, to anybody connected to Pakistan? Uh, I guess so. Uh, uh a large degree, it seems what, what he's doing is sort of putting the, the ball in Pakistan's court, right? Like he's, he's saying uh, to the power centers there, if you can get a hold, if you can control your, your you know, the, 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 these, these sort of terrorist groups that have been launching attacks on Indian soil, then things could, could be getting better between us. Uh, yes, and it's an open question whether that uh, the civilian or even perhaps some elements of the military can actually control those groups. 
Um, there is some concern among some security analysts, but uh, that some groups might actually see this as an opportunity uh, to derail potentially a better um, or an improving India-Pakistan relationship that with a new government in place, with a prime minister uh, that is considered, uh, that is an unknown um, amongst the international stage and frankly has not had uh, the best image on the security uh, and political side um, that they might actually take this as an opportunity uh, to derail the peace talks uh, or the trade talks um, and to actually um, uh, have things spiral downwards again. The other issue, uh, in some ways, it won't be so much the ball is in Pakistan's court, uh, but it will depend on developments uh, in Afghanistan, how India-Pakistan relations play out. Uh, especially with the drawdown of troops over over this year and the next. And has uh, Modi sort of made any indications towards how Indian policy towards uh, Afghanistan may change? No, he hasn't talked about that as much. He's focused mostly when he's talked about foreign policy and issues like China, Pakistan, uh, the U.S., internal security threats, uh, India's role in the world uh, broadly. Uh, he's not drilled down on too many specifics. That's not unusual. Uh, foreign policy is usually not a subject that comes up much in the campaign, except for ha perhaps uh, China and Pakistan. Um, the, the, the debate on Afghanistan is something in India that uh, is likely to uh, continue to be um, fairly similar to what it's been in the last few years, which is should India get more involved, um, especially uh, on the security front as the drawdown takes place, or should India continue to do more of the same? Uh, and on China, you said, uh, what are what are the, the big uh, sort of current issues between India and China, and how might sort of Modi's ascent to power change that in any way? Um, I would say that much like the, the Chinese relationship with the U.S., uh, there are elements of uh, competition and cooperation in the relationship, and there are potentially areas that could lead to conflict. Um, the On the kind of negative side of the ledger, uh, have been issues like an ongoing uh, border dispute between India and China, uh, Indian concerns about the Sino-Pakistani relationship, uh, particularly any sharing of technology on the nuclear and missile side. Uh, and as, uh, in addition to that, uh, concerns about, um, for example, the sharing of the Brahmaputra river waters, uh, as well as other issues, including Chinese relations with India's neighbors, which some in India see as a subject of concern. On the Chinese side, there have been concerns about uh, uh, the uh, presence of a number of Tibetans, including the Dalai Lama in India, where he uh, stays, um, as well as some issues in terms of um, uh, economic, the economic relationship. Now, the economic relationship over the last few years has been many consider to be on the positive side of the ledger. Uh, Indian, Sino-Indian trade has increased uh, over, at least they had, uh, to the few years ago. Since then, it's, uh, since about three years ago, it has stalled, if not uh, fallen slightly. Uh, and as economic ties have grown between the two countries, uh, including investment ties, not just trade, uh, there have been concerns on that side as well in terms of market access, uh, security concerns in certain sectors, um, as well as things like local so sourcing guidelines on both sides. Uh, they do work, the two countries do work together on the multilateral side uh, well in some instances, uh, and so that's been a subject of cooperation. Uh, Modi himself, um, I would say there were two things that, two, um, things that we know about him, and it's important to stress that 
A, we don't know if he'll be prime minister. B, if he does become prime minister, there's limited amount in terms of what we know for certain about what his foreign policy would be like. But on China, we do know two things. He's been fairly hawkish on the security side, said India will give no quarter, uh, that it will continue to uh, make sure that its infrastructure is uh, built up at the border. Uh, if there have been concerns about India not developing its border infrastructure very well. But he's also said he's criticized publicly uh, what he has said called, and I quote, China's expansionist mindset. Uh, and he did so in the northeastern state uh, that China claims uh, and that India holds, the state of Arunachal Pradesh. Having said that, he is also somebody uh, who has done business with China. He knows China uh, they know him, and they have indicated in press conferences that they wouldn't be unhappy with a Modi as a prime minister. He's been to China, uh, mostly to attract investment for his state of Gujarat. Um, and so on the economic side, he wants to do business with them. And so essentially what he will do, uh, the likelihood is that he will try to balance this kind of cooperation competition side. And as long as there is no trouble on issues like the border, and no obvious instances of Sino-Pakistani cooperation, uh, that the, he will probably try to get some of these economic um, issues of economic friction uh, taken out and that, to try to encourage more economic engagement uh, with China, much as the U.S. has uh, over the last decade or so. Uh, and and what about uh, uh, the smaller countries along India's periphery, like Bangladesh or, or Sri Lanka? Uh, will India's relationship with those countries change in any meaningful way uh, under Modi's leadership? I think it depends on uh, two things. One, Modi's actions himself, themselves uh, and his government's actions, but the second thing is how they perceive him. Um, he has tended in the BJP, particularly with a country like Bangladesh, has actually been, um, I wouldn't say um, negative, but there's been a negative tone in terms of emphasizing things like illegal immigration and issues like that. Now, the opposite of that is, is he more likely to, because he does think about China looming large on the security side, and because of increased Chinese uh, uh, interaction and engagement with Nepal and, and uh, uh, Bangladesh and, and uh, Myanmar and Sri Lanka, uh, and even the Maldives, is, uh, is Modi likely to reach out to them and say, okay, and there have been people around him who are advisors who have been saying, India needs to do, be more proactive with its neighbors in the positive sense of the term. India has established a fairly good working relationship uh, with Bangladesh, but even there, there are concerns in terms of security concerns, uh, immigration concerns from Bangladesh. Uh, but the, the, the question will be, is, is Modi going to say, we will make certain concessions to neighbors because it is important for us to maintain a, a, a ring of neighbors around us who are friendly to us? Uh, and that is an open question. Now, one thing he has talked about, and this will matter to India's uh, eastern neighbors, is he has talked about actually uh, um, moving forward on India's look east policy and giving it more uh, emphasis in India's foreign policy, which is to establish uh, a strategic relationship and an economic relationship with many of the countries in India's eastern periphery. That would redound to their benefit. Uh, and the benefit of the, the bilateral relationships India has with these other countries. 
and, and on to the United States. So you know, Americans of Indian origin are becoming an increasingly important political bloc uh, here in the United States. Um, how would you or, or how do you sense that um, uh, uh, Americans of Indian origin uh, prefer – which candidate would you say they prefer uh, or in general – are they pro Modi or are they backing Gandhi? How would you sort of characterize that? Or, or is I mean, assuming it's it's not sort of monolithic, does the um, preferences tilt one way or the other? Uh, like most things related uh, to India, there, as you said, there, it's, there, it's, the viewpoint is not monolithic. Um, there is a large uh, base of support for him, but there are also a number of critics, uh, and they usually fall along the lines and for the reasons. Uh, that Indians based in India do. Um, you do have a set of, so there are people of Indian origin in the U.S. who are Indian Americans. There are also non-resident Indians who still uh, can vote uh, in India and uh, can also uh, finance campaigns. And um, it, it, what we have seen, at least uh, to some extent anecdotally, but there have been some uh, statistics as well, uh, that they have been more engaged in the campaign, uh, not just in terms of uh, Modi, but also with uh, parties like a new party called the Aam Admi Party or the AAP uh, that was running on an anti-corruption platform uh, and many considered to have fizzled somewhat, uh, but had, they had been quite active over the last uh, year. Uh, so I'd say there's not one view on Modi. Um, the, uh, uh, the advocates and critics kind of reflect in the U.S., reflects those uh, in India. Uh, but you have seen far more engagement, uh, not least because of the easier communication, uh, information flows, and, and travel. Uh, who you, so you've seen far more engagement uh, in uh, the diaspora on this election. And, and would you say that at, you know, at this point the relationship between the, India and the United States is deep enough that sort of one personality, the personality of, of the U.S. president or the Indian prime minister, doesn't really seem to shake the fundamentals of that bond? Uh, would you agree with that? So I, at least from where I sit, it seems that you know, the, the um, election of Modi won't really change much between the U.S. and India. I think there are two ways to answer that question. I would say I uh, agree with you. Uh, I, I think that there are structural reasons for this relationship now uh, to continue, uh, and there are strong reasonings for it. Modi himself has come out and said repeatedly in his interviews uh, that the relationship is important enough to go beyond uh, any two individuals. And the reason he specifically mentioned that, and this is where I would say there is a caveat uh, to Modi himself and why his potentially becoming prime minister would matter and is an, is an open question in terms of how the relationship moves forward. Not whether it does, because I think it will, but how and at the speed at which the relationship moves forward. Uh, which is that in 2005, uh, because of uh, the controversy surrounding the riots that I mentioned in 2002, uh, the State Department revoked um, Narendra Modi's visa. Now, this, and until very recently, there was no high-level interaction uh, with uh, Modi. The um, U.S. Uh, Consul General had met with Modi uh, multiple times, but the U.S. Ambassador to India, for example, had not met with him till uh, very recently. And so there had not been much engagement uh, on the political side. That's not true on the economic side. A number of American companies have invested uh, in the state of Gujarat um, and mostly had good experiences there. 
Uh, but on the political side, there had not been engagement. So one of the questions will be is how Modi himself will see uh, will there be a lingering effect of that uh, lack of engagement? Uh, will his advisors and will his supporters uh, hold a resentment against the U.S.? Uh, on the U.S. side, what they do in the next six months in terms of once he be, if he does become prime minister, how what the reaction is, what the congratulatory message is, what the Hill might do. There is a bill on um, uh, the, the Hill that has asked for the State Department to continue uh, to uh, uh, have uh, a ban on Modi's visiting the U.S. Now, the administration itself has come out and made very clear that if he's prime minister of the largest democracy in the world, uh, they will do business with him because it is an important relationship. Uh, they have reached out to him. And he, on his part, has sent a message most recently, uh, two days ago in an interview, uh, saying that he will take the relationship to another level, that he will build on what uh, the previous BJP Prime Minister, Atal Bihari Vajpayee, did. He said he established the relationship. I will build upon it and take it uh, forward. He has used uh, the language that a number of administrations in the U.S. and India have in the last uh, 15 years, that the U.S. and India are natural partners. Um, so the message signaling coming from both sides is they will continue to work on many of the things that you've talked about that have made this a deeper relationship. Uh, but there will be certain kinks that will need to be worked out, especially in the next six months. And there are some tough issues that the two countries will have to deal with, including on the trade and investment side, but also potentially tricky issues like Iran and Afghanistan. Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, I guess we'll have a lot to look forward to in the next uh, several months. Thanks so much, Mark. super interesting and thanks for listening i'll be posting a new podcast episode every monday and thursday so subscribe and check back soon bye